Hello and welcome to the She Reads Romance Books podcast, the ultimate show for romance book lovers looking for the best books worth reading. I'm your host, Leslie Murphy, and in each short episode, I share my favorite book list of recommendations so you know exactly what to add to your must-read list. Join me as I explore the romance genre and have fun collecting book boyfriends along the way, because life is better with a love story. Hey readers, happy new year. I think it's the first time I can say that this year on the podcast as the last episode, I was just too focused on gushing over all of my favorite book boyfriends of 2023. I hope that you had a chance to catch that episode because I talked all about my swoonworthy heroes of the year, but I'm definitely ready to kick off 2024. I don't know about you. I have a few new things in store for She Reads Romance books, but at the same time, I'm still recouping from everything that went on in 2023, which was a lot. Just to go over a few highlights, I posted over 200 new book lists. Jeez, quite a few looking back on those. I published the book club journal on Amazon and created the A Year of Reading Romance card deck, which you need to get your hands on if you haven't already. I was featured in some news articles, a guest on some podcasts, and of course, launched this podcast, the She Reads Romance Books podcast in 2023. So thank you, dear readers and listeners, for joining me on this journey, and I hope you will continue to tune in and visit She Reads Romance Books in 2024. Before I get to my book list for December, I was reflecting on some of my reading goals for the upcoming year. Now, I'm not crazy about goal setting or really, you know, a stickler to them, but it's fun to just, you know, give myself some guidance on what I want to accomplish in my reading for the upcoming year. And if you're following me on Instagram, which I hope you are, then you saw my post on my reading goals for 2024. And one of them is to continue to read new authors to me. I love finding new authors that just sort of wow me, right? And then I want to just sort of binge read all of their back catalog that I haven't read yet. And I checked out two new authors to me in December, so I'll talk about those in a few minutes. My other goal, which I embraced this year and want to continue into 2024, is having no shame in putting books on my do not finish pile. I used to just slog through books that really weren't grabbing me, and I'm no longer doing that. If I'm not resonating with the title and feel like I've given it a shot, or even if it's not worth the shot <laughs> after a while, then I stop reading it and move on. I can't tell you how freeing that is because there's honestly just, you know, a plethora of books waiting for my attention on my TBR list. So I'm no longer just sucking it up and finishing a book I don't like. And you can bet that I will share which books go on my Do Not Finish pile in these monthly reading recaps so that you know what I like and maybe more importantly, what I don't like sometimes. If you have a reading goal for 2024, definitely share it in the comments on the blog or share it on Instagram on my post or tag me because I would definitely love to hear about it. Okay, on to my reading list from December 2023 all the romance books that I read and what I really thought about them. I am going to kick things off with Throne of the Fallen by Carrie Maniscalco, which is her adult debut novel. 
She's most known for her young adult fantasy series, Kingdom of the Wicked, which I actually have not read yet, but I have all three of the books in that series here at home. So I'm eager to get started on it after reading Throne of the Fallen, which earned a nomination for Best Romanticy in the 2023 Goodreads Choice Awards, and I can absolutely understand why. This is a fantasy romance with a bit of suspense about a dark prince battling a curse and the artist who he tricks to join him in the game that he needs to win to save his fallen kingdom. I mentioned her previous series, which is actually the love story of one of the seven princes of hell, Wrath, but Throne of Fallen of the Fallen is about Prince Envy. And after reading this book, I really hope that she continues to write books for the remaining Princes of Hell because I think they're going to be really, really good. I really enjoyed this book and gave it a four-star review. What I liked most was that it kind of read like a historical romance and fantasy romance blend. It's kind of hard to explain why, but the writing and the setting descriptions really made it feel like I was initially reading a historical romance. But then... You know, the intrigue of the game that MV's playing in Desperate to Win sort of kicks up, and I found that pretty interesting as well. So this game, it takes him to the studio of Camilla Antonius because the next step in the game requires her to paint a specific picture for him. But what he doesn't know is that whatever Camilla paints can come to life sometimes, and so there's definitely more than meets to eye. Um, around the character Camilla. So after she paints the painting, something happens that propels her to join him on his game. I won't say, so I won't give away any spoilers. And what ensues is them traveling to different worlds and trying to solve clues to win the game and break the curse on Envy's kingdom. While it was maybe a bit slow at times, which is why I didn't really give it a five-star rating, I really enjoyed the game and the clues that they had to work through. It was also a pretty spicy book, which I also love, not going to lie. These two were really hot together and had some amazing chemistry. Envy had this rule that he was only with someone once. I think he thought it was all that someone could handle, but really, ultimately, he was sort of guard himself. And Envy and Camilla built up this really great tension to their one and only night but Camilla knew what she was doing when taunting the man who of course wound up wanting more with her so envy gains power too which I loved when he invokes his sin in others so it was really fun to see him try at times to make Camilla jealous but the woman constantly kept him on his toes so it kind of backfired for him I really enjoyed this romanticy and definitely highly recommend it So give it a try if it sounds interesting to you. Next up, since it was December, I decided to read a few more holiday romance books and a few Christmas romance books that released in 2023, the first being Festive Feud by Maren Moore. This was my first Moore book, but it is the second in her Strawberry Hollow series, which is all Christmas romance books, with another one, I think, set to release this year in 2024. This one was getting some buzz on BookTok and Instagram, so I wanted to give it a try. And I'll say, overall, it was a cute read, and I'm really glad I read it, but it was just that, you know, a cute holiday romance, so I gave it three stars. In this book, um, reading this book, folks, is why I think Kindle Unlimited is fantastic. 
I honestly read this book because it was available in Kindle Unlimited. I'm always hesitant to sort of shell out cash for a romance author I haven't read before, whereas checking out someone's work on Kindle Unlimited is, is pretty risk-free in my mind. I can read a book that catches my eye, but if it was just okay or I didn't like it, then really no harm, no foul. I just return it and find something else to read. I also picked up A Festive Feud because it's an enemies to lovers romance, and you know how I love a good enemies to lovers book. And this turned out to be my pick for the December romance book reading challenge, which was to read a book in your favorite trope. So yay, mission accomplished on that one. Festive Feud is also a small town romance where two families have been feuding with each other for years and who throw competing Christmas parties for the town. The Worthingtons have been having a posh, you know, more upscale Christmas party for generations. But then the Pierce family moves into town and they aren't invited to the Worthington party. So they start throwing their own party every year with both families trying to sabotage the other's party. But this year, Jackson Pierce, the son, and Emma Worthington, the daughter of that family, get into a bit of a fight and struggle. It's pretty hilarious what it's over, to be honest which ends in some really costly damage, and their penance is to pair up and organize just one Christmas party for the town together. So it kind of turns into a bit more of a forced proximity romance with these two who have always been attracted to one another and are now forced to plan this party. I liked how Jackson and Emma were really attracted to one another, so it wasn't hard for them to put that feud aside. And the ending, you know, was to be expected and adorable. So overall, you know, fun read, just not one I probably see myself rereading. The next book that I also read through Kindle Unlimited was Caught Up by Liz Tomford, which is a single dad baseball romance and nanny romance that really packed a punch. I used to love to binge read entire series of romance books, you know, one after another. And I really don't do that as often now just because I'm reading so many different things for the blog. But I totally binge read the Windy City series, for which this is book three. They're all so good, but I think Caught Up is my favorite. This book made my list of best romance books of 2023, and I talked about it on that episode. So I'll rehash it here again in case you haven't read it. Kai is a single dad and a starting pitcher for Chicago's uh, Major League Baseball team. He didn't know he was a father, though, until his six-month-old was dropped on his doorstep. But he's, you know, hell-bent to do anything and everything to raise his son right, even take him on the road with him, which isn't really an easy thing to do as a single parent who's also a professional athlete. And he's not really doing a great job of it. He's firing nanny after nanny, which is why his manager and friend tells him to hire his daughter as his new nanny for the summer. And that turns out to be Miller. So Miller is a professional pastry chef who's kicking ass in her field and taking names, but she's sort of lost her muse, right, in terms of trying to create new recipes. So she's hoping to find her spark and also spend time with her dad while taking care of Kai's little cutie on the road. She just didn't anticipate falling for Kai in the process and vice versa. So 
This book became a favorite because I loved everything about it. Kai was such an easy hero to love because he loved his son so much. He loved his brother and he eventually got on board with Miller being his nanny. And once he got to know her, he was just really, really supportive of her career. And I loved the date that he organized for them in how, you know, once he finally gave into his feelings, he let his alpha male come out in the bedroom, which was pretty nice. Miller, too, though, was really amazing as this go-getter and incredible chef, but I felt truly for the guilt that she was shouldering for so long. But her relationship with her father truly brought me to tears. I mean, there's something special about that, which I won't divulge for spoilers, but it was just really beautiful, and I loved Manny. He was just amazing anytime he appeared in the story. I especially liked, though, that this wasn't like your typical nanny romance where there's the younger, innocent nanny falling for the alpha male hero. Miller was the strong heroine who was ready to let Kai flounder, but she stayed to help him out and wasn't afraid to tempt him because she really wanted him. I'm so glad that I binge read this series to get to this book. It was fantastic, and I definitely highly recommend Caught Up. Okay, the next book I read, finally, was Iron Flame. Though I was eagerly awaiting this book, and it released in early November, I didn't really get a chance to read it until this month, but it was totally worth the wait. Now, where Fourth Wing set up life as a dragon rider in the truth that is being hidden in, gosh, how do you pronounce that town? Basgate? Iron Flame gave us more world building, I felt like, in the first test to Violet and Zayden's budding romance. They already had so much stacked against them, and life really didn't get much easier for these two connected lovers in book two of the Fourth Wing series. Fourth Wing left off on quite a cliffhanger, so it was really great to pick up right where it left off. The beginning to me did feel a bit long, where Zayden and Violet kept arguing about telling each other everything, but that's okay, right? Because when you fall for a series and two characters like I have with these two, you kind of want as much as you can get, so I was sort of happy to go with the flow, which, gosh, I think this book was over 600 pages, so I'll take it. While I missed the contest of the first year, you know, Rider Quadrant, this book gave more tests of strength to Violet, especially with the new awful commander. Those scenes really didn't hold back, and I got sucked into the dubious world that she was trying to maneuver in. I also really liked the addition of the other flyers and the tension that a certain character (laughs) brought to Violet. Well, while she was obviously Violet, the heroine of the story, it seemed like Almost everything was riding on her shoulders. You know, she had to figure everything out and whatnot. But she did a great job, and I did enjoy it. But for me, you know, of course, I loved and ate up every moment between Violet and Zayden. I fell so hard for Zayden, fourth wing, but I think he really stepped up and came became one of my favorite book boyfriends of 2023 after reading this one. The moment where he finally voiced his feelings for Violet, oh my gosh, so epic, and I was a total goner. So yeah, a great book, a four-star read for me, Iron Flame, and I cannot wait for book three. Next up was another new Christmas romance book for 2023, which was Snowed In by Katherine Walsh, another author I had yet to read before this one, and another book I read with Kindle Unlimited, yay! Yay! 
Catherine Walsh had been on my radar because I love that she writes books set in Ireland or with Irish characters, and this was her second holiday romance. It is a fake dating romance, so that's what sort of drew me to this story because I think those are always really fun in holiday romance um, books to read where you need a fake date to kind of get your family off your back during all the holiday festivities. This book is about Megan, who is dreading going home for the holidays because she hasn't been back in, I think, five years. It was a really long time, not since she left her fiancé the town's golden boy at the altar. I mean, she literally ran off in her wedding dress. Before going home, though, she runs into Christian, a guy she used to go to high school with who is also not looking forward to going home for the holidays because he's sort of the unattached one in his family and everyone thinks that somehow wrong or sad, even though he's totally okay with it. So they end up coming up with a plan to fake date each other so that they have a backup around their families when they go home. I gave this three and a half stars because it was a really good book, great writing, a fun, cozy story. There was actually a lot more behind why Megan left her fiancé at the altar that slowly comes out, which I kind of wasn't expecting, but made you understand her more and root for her more and feel for her when she's been ostracized by her friend group. I would recommend it as a fun holiday romance and will read more of her work. I just probably won't be rereading this one, but I thought it was cute. After that book, I was ready to start looking forward to books coming out this year, 2024. So I read my advanced reader copy of Funny Story by Emily Henry. This book made my most anticipated romance books of 2024 list because, I mean, it's Emily Henry, and you know that her book is going to be on the bestseller list. So I wanted to see what she had to bring in this new release. And overall, you know, I'd say that I liked it and I recommend it. It didn't knock off People We Meet on Vacation as my favorite book of hers, but I loved the setup to the story and really did fall for the characters. I think I gave it four stars. So this is a roommates to lovers romance between two people who get their hearts broken in the worst way. When Daphne's fiance realizes he's actually in love with his childhood best friend, Petra, she's left stranded and proposing to be roommates with the only person who could possibly understand her predicament, Petra's ex, Miles Nowak. So When she moves in, the roommates basically avoid each other until one day they sort of form this tenuous friendship and a plan where they are going to post deliberately misleading photos of their summer adventures together to make their exes jealous. Now, I've heard so many stories from people I've met about how they've met their friend or their significant other. So this idea of an origin story, I think is pretty, you know, universal to all. And I loved how Henry used that fact as sort of the jumping off point for funny story. The fact that two exes whose exes dumped them to be together end up falling for each other in the story was sort of really too hard to pass up and had me, you know, kind of already loving it before I cracked the first page. But, you know, they were really heartbroken. Seeing their depression and the difficulty they both had in moving on made me believe that they could actually then start to fall for someone else. 
if it was more of an insta-love romance, I wouldn't have bought it, you know, but instead I thought it was a really sweet slow burn that showed their human and hurt side without brushing those feelings aside or even under the rug. The two things that I would have changed or why I didn't rate it a five-star read for me is that I felt like their backstories just could have been a little bit more tighter. I understood how Daphne and Miles' past shaped their previous relationships and selection of partners, but I kind of wanted to understand Miles maybe a bit more. I would have also loved to have seen them post more online of their fake relationship to build up more tension between them, but also, or but I felt that that angle of the story just seemed to form as an idea and then quickly fade away. And when I was kind of expecting more of that given the book blur, but I will say, you know, how she wrapped up the ending, especially in the epilogue to come full circle, was really brilliant and just fantastic. If you're an Emily Henry fan, I would definitely read this book. Hers, to me, her books always seem to have this sadness tone to them at times, and this one did, but it was also kind of really uplifting too. I'm glad I read it, and I think you should too. All right, next up was a book I just randomly picked out. I love when I do this sometimes from my huge Kindle on library of books. I just like to do that every so often. I'll just keep scrolling and scroll scrolling of books I already have that, you know, I've probably downloaded for free from various authors or BookBub or wherever. And I just pick one to read. And so this month I picked Hot Revenge for Hire by Lily. Oh, I never, I can't pronounce names. Valentine. I was in the mood for a boss romance and this one caught my eye because it's about a guy who helps women get revenge they deserve against their crummy exes. Sebastian or aka Bash as he goes by is the one-man show and CEO of the company but he has a trusty virtual assistant named Penny who he's never met but who he's gotten to know really well through emails and texts over the years. And he finally comes face to face with her and, of course, thinks she's gorgeous when she enlists his help with her ex. Her ex who is about to marry her mother and for which Penny is supposed to be the maid of honor at the wedding. I mean, crazy and gross. But anyway, I rated this three and a half stars because it was a really fun read and Bash was one amazing dirty talker. Their connection was fun with off-the-charts chemistry, but I didn't rate it higher because the ending and the epilogue were kind of a letdown, just how things were wrapped up. But if you like Dirty Talkers, I would definitely put this one on your TBR list because next up is a book that already, already, guys, has a spot on my Best Romance Novels of 2024 list. So get your pen and paper out, write this down. It is Fangirl Down by Tessa Bailey. Aside from my favorites of the month, I was reading a lot of just, you know, okay books. When I could tell that this was going to be a great book from the first chapter, I was just so giddy. And I honestly think I'm maybe going to say this. I think this is my favorite Tessa Bailey book. And that's really saying something because I absolutely adored It Happened One Summer and Hook, Line, and Sinker so much. But gosh, this book just, I'm still thinking about it. It made me smile. I just loved everything about it. It is a sports romance about Wells Whitaker, once golf's hottest rising star, but whose career has pretty much taken a nosedive, leaving him with only one fan who's always believed in him. Yet when Wells finally decides to up and quit the sport in a blaze of glory, his fangirl finally goes home, leaving him pretty much with nothing. 
but determined to make things right, Wells shows up at Josephine's door with this wild proposal. He proposes, be my new caddy, help me turn my game around, and then we can split the prize money, which she desperately needs. But I'll start by saying that this book, honestly, is why I read romance. It has everything that I love about the genre. I had to read it in one sitting because I completely and utterly fell with the, fell in love with the main characters, the story, just everything about it. It was just perfection. I didn't want to say goodbye to these characters because they were just so much fun. So Josie runs a golf pro shop that recently got destroyed in a hurricane. So she needs cash to rebuild it and to renew her medical insurance so that she can get the insulin she needs since she's a type 1 diabetic. She's this really funny, sassy, strong heroine who doesn't want to be coddled because of her diabetes. So Wells was really this perfect man for her because he didn't treat her with kid gloves. And he's also one of those heroes with a wounded heart who never felt worthy of love or sticking around for. Yet Josephine, you know, was her, his fangirl through and through no matter what. She not only believed in him when he was at his lowest point in, of his career, but was able to help him, you know, look at things differently without being all preachy, though he would often mock her for her, you know, pep talks, trying to sound so zen-like. I think what I loved most is that this book was just a great mix of humor, steaminess, intriguing storyline, but without unnecessary dramatics, you know, without any miscommunication or non-communication, and without you know, overly depressing backstories. There was no third act breakup. Even sort of the moment of conflict was just so endearing given the place where it was coming from. And I have so many sections highlighted in this book that I'm going to be going back and rereading over and over again because they're just so good. I never thought I would be falling in love with a romance book about a golfer, but I totally did. <laughs> I can't recommend this enough. So Fangirl Down releases in February, so just go and pre-order it, stat. It was awesome. Okay, now, after gushing about that one, the last book that I sneaked in for December, which I finished at 11.30 p.m. on New Year's Eve while my kids and I were waiting for the ball to drop, was Ruthless Vows by Rebecca Ross. This book released on December 26th, and I immediately went out to purchase it that day with the gift card that I got to my local bookstore for Christmas because I was so anxious to complete Iris and Roman's love story that started in Divine Rivals, which I devoured and totally loved. It's a perfect young adult fantasy romance. So Ruthless Vows picks up two weeks after Iris returns home from the battlefront, but without Roman, who is now missing. Iris, however, and her fellow correspondent Addie are given another chance to report on the god, gosh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Dakra, his movements, and to try and intercept the god's attempt to take over their city. So the Divine Rival series is a duet, so I knew that the con conclusion was coming in this book. And while the first book sort of sets the stage for this battle between two armies fighting for either Dakra or the goddess whose name I'm now totally blinking on, oops, it was really, a, to me, about Iris and Roman and their slow burn love story and that the way that they fell in love while writing these amazing letters back and forth with their enchanted typewriters. 
But this one had sort of a less hopefulness, I don't know, underlying tone to it. And the love wasn't really as pronounced as an underlying thread. So it felt a little bit more morose to me. And there was definitely more world building to explain what was going on with the gods and how Iris was trying to help the soldiers and citizens of Oath while Roman was trying to regain his memories. So because of there was less of them, it didn't quite meet my expectations, but I still gave it three and a half stars. Maybe I should give it four because it was really great writing and a really cool story. But I just, I think for me, I wanted more Kit and Iris, which didn't really come for a while in this story. But if you love romanticy and want to read a duet and not like a long-winded fantasy series, then I would highly recommend Divine Rivals and Ruthless Vows. Okay, so that wraps up my list of December romance reads and my review of them. And I hope it gave you some books to add to your TBR list. If you want to see all of the books that I read in 2023, all like 120 plus of them, in the ratings that I gave them, you can check out my post on shereadsromancebooks.com. I have readers who have told me they love to see everything I read in one place, especially to see what I thought of some of the popular books of the year, because sometimes I don't always love them like everyone else. And there is definitely one that I can think of off the top of my head where I was in the minority and did not like it. So you'll have to check it out and see if you can find it. To give you a taste of what to look forward to in my January What to Read and What to Skip episode, I just finished Fish Out of Water by Katie Ruggle and will be reading Heartless Hunter by Kristen Circarelli next, another one of my most anticipated romance books of 2024. So stay tuned for my thoughts on those. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Happy reading because life is always better with a love story. That's all for this episode of the She Reads Romance Books podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and found some new books to add to your TBR list. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast app. It really helps me reach more romance book lovers like you, and I appreciate your support. If you're a book boyfriend collector like me, then you'll want to join my email list so you never miss a podcast episode or a new book list. Just visit shereadsromancebooks.com slash join and sign up today. As a thank you, I'll instantly send you my list of top 10 book boyfriends that will make you swoon. Trust me, you don't want to miss this list. Thank you for listening and until next time, happy reading.